Well, good morning, everybody. This is July the 1st, uh, 2022, and um, as usual, I'm back on the road again. Um, one office or the other, or one place or the other, I have a large district to cover. And uh, I love my job, not complaining at all. I've been very blessed in my life. In fact, I was talking to a fellow the other day, and we were talking about lives and the lives we've lived. And, of course, he was, see, I'm 55. He was probably 66, um, 67, something like that. Anyway, a little bit older than I was. Um, He was talking about his life and how he'd met so many incredible people and wonderful people and didn't really have a, a complaint, you know, about being where he was and what he was doing and and, and how life had, had kind of thrown a few curveballs at him from time to time. But for the most part, you know, he was he was very um, he was very satisfied with his life, which was nice to hear. And it made me kind of think of my life. And to a lot of people, I'm I might seem you know young and. To a lot of people, compared to them and their perspective, I am young. Um, To a lot of young people, I seem very old. I'm in my 50s. I remember what I thought when I was a kid. You know, people were in their 50s. I thought they were super old. I thought they were ancient, you know, but um, that was only because of my perspective. But uh, I've had a good life. I've, I've lived a good life. I've seen a lot of places. I've met a lot of really incredible people. Um... Each, each person that I've met had some sort of impact on my life, good or bad, and um, helped to make me who I am today. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. Not all of them were cherished memories or friendships or relationships. Um, some of them were pretty, pretty bad relationships. Um, but they still helped to make me who I am today. They... In some way or another, they contributed to what I call my quilt, uh, my quilt of life. You know, like a like a quilt. If you're familiar with quilts at all, uh, people made them out of necessity back in the day, and they took pieces of quilt material and they'd make quilts out of them. And of course, now nowadays they're very expensive, and their antique ones are especially expensive. And um, it's funny how things that started out as necessity and birth and poverty became so popular but I think a lot of it has to do with triggering good memories maybe your grandma had an old quilt on her bed and when you go spend the night there for that night or weekend or whatever time you spent with her you know that old bed was old and the the, uh, quilt was old and had a smell to it maybe the bed had a creaky sound to it from all the springs underneath it I don't know um, maybe that's what made it so so special. You know, it wasn't the quilt or the material itself. It was how it triggers our memories to remember those really great memories that we that we sometimes forget until we are triggered. Um, anyway, life's been good. I've been very blessed. Um, you know, it's not to say that I haven't had a few valleys in my life. I mean, who hasn't? If you live long enough, you're going to I'm going to see some valleys. And it's usually early in life when you're young and you've got a lot of energy. And Well, for me anyway, not every young person's that way. I, 
I got a friend of mine who I used to work with, a colleague, and and uh, he's just an old soul. You know, he's his personality is such that um, he's always planning for the future, something I never did as a kid, you know. I didn't have much hope in the future uh, when I was a kid. You know, we grew up very poor, and uh, I was too busy worrying about where my next meal was going to come from or, you know, did I have clothing to wear and things like that. So it was a little different for me, but, you know, he had his own struggles too. It's not to say that he had a silver spoon in his mouth. He didn't. His mom was a single mom. Uh, She worked very hard at a prison as a prison guard, and I can only imagine that had to be a challenge for her. And she had this kid at home. You know, she had several kids at home, and uh, she raised them. She did a great job. And uh, she's still alive today. And that young man is very responsible. So not all young people are irresponsible. I don't think that. I'm not one of those old people that think that all young people are irresponsible just because they do things differently than than I did them. Or, you know, I don't, I don't, I used to judge people. Then I realized, you know what, it's their time. They get they get a turn at bat, you know, kind of like the old song, the Jeffersons, getting my turn at bat. You know, um, they're just like we were. You know, these young kids are just like us. They think they have everything figured out, and that's that's fine. You know, we kind of want that. We kind of want people to have things where they think they have things figured out. You know, gives them boldness, gives them, you know, the the energy to go and do something that they probably wouldn't ordinarily do, but they've uh, talked themselves into it because they think they're little supermen and supergirls, you know? (coughs) So it's okay. I don't, I mean, I'll be honest. At first it was like when I would see young people, you know, with, um, with tattoos and earring gauges and, you know, nose earrings and, uh, yeah, it was just it was mostly counterculture. You know, we probably did similar things, it just wasn't the exact same thing. Um but we, we fought against the machine, we raged against the machine, we we um we tried to be independent and find our own way and you know, I in some ways we still do that, you know. Um but I've been thinking about the news lately and, and all the things that are happening in the news and how the the media, both sides, are sensationalizing everything to get ratings. And, you know, I'm I'm not one of these hippie people. I'll, I'm very conservative. I always have been. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in one God only and the Son, Jesus Christ. Um, so it's not like I'm some, you know, fly-by-night, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain or articulate, but I mean, I'm I'm very conservative, but I'm also very much a realist. And, you know, not everybody's going to hang on to the old ways. You know, I learned that when I was playing the piano at this church. I was filling in, playing the piano. And, you know, we grew up with these old hymn songs, you know, and we called them Redback or Red Book songs, you know, we because the book they were in was sort of a dark burgundy red and, and um, they had all these old hymnals in there that came out of the 1800s and the 1900s and, you know, in the 20, like 
20, 30, and 40. And, you know, these were old, old songs that, that were written. And, you know, I love those old songs. It wasn't that the songs themselves were so special to me. It wasn't until I realized that I was older and I looked back and it was because my grandmother was attached to those songs, you know, because she would take me and my brother to church when we were younger. And um, that those were the songs we sang and we loved our grandmother, you know. And um, so when I sang those songs or when I hear those songs, it triggers memories. It's not so much the songs themselves. And I had to learn that the songs themselves didn't really mean as much to me as the triggering of the memories meant to me. And so as I get older, there are some things that just, you know, I love that people just don't, you know, and there are things that I'm going to do that, you know, that I'm not going to do, like I'm not going to get a tattoo and I'm, and I'm not going to get my ear pierced and uh, my nose pierced and, you know, put a gauge in my ear, you know, um, I think that probably the most radical thing I ever did was probably color my hair, and I hated it so much I shaved it all off because I looked like an old man trying to be young again. And I and that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to be relevant. I was trying to be, uh, I was trying to be considered part of this 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 relevancy of of the social construct that we're part of without sounding too. Uh, existential here um i wanted to be considered valid you know i wanted people to look at me and think that i still have something to offer something to to contribute and the truth of the matter is is that as long as i'm working i'm paying taxes i'm i'm serving someone else or i'm serving other people uh, you know i am valid um i'm i'm doing something for other people, so I'm validated by the work that I do for them, uh, the representation that I have for them. Um, but as I get older, I realize that, you know, I'm just, I'm like those older people that I used to work with in the nursing homes when I was a nurse, you know, um, these older ladies and older gentlemen, you know, I never really considered that they were once young. I mean, Sure, I think about it. I mean, obviously they were young once, but I mean, I didn't really give it much thought. You know, I just thought, well, there's there's these old people, and you know, they're wearing these huge collars that are double knit. You know, it's just out of fashion. It's not been in fashion in so many years. I can't even remember when it was in fashion. And I would judge them harshly, you know, because they were wearing these ugly outfits, and you know, and I was young and I was hip, and the world was, you know. I had the world by the tail, so to speak. And so I realized as I got a little bit older, I think probably when I started hitting my late 40s, early 50s, I realized that, you know, the moments that I had that I thought I had this world by the tail were fleeting. But when I was a kid, my perspective said, oh, I've got the whole world by its tail and I can do whatever I want to do and I can be whatever I want to be and I can go wherever I want to go and you know I I was more of an idealist than a realist and um, I think if you're a if you're a kid under the age of 30 and you're you're not an idealist then something terribly has gone wrong that's just my personal opinion um, but now at 55 I mean I'll be 56 in gosh less than six months um, um 
I, I'm I'm starting to see the end is closer than the the beginning. Um, I'm a diabetic, a type two diabetic, and um, I've been a non-compliant type two diabetic for for a long time. And um, about a month ago, I started losing feeling in my toes on both sides, and it really really scared me. And it was like a wake up call for me. And uh, what it did was it sort of slammed me on the head like a brick and said, you know, if you don't take better care of yourself, you're going to lose your toes and your feet and your legs, and eventually you'll die earlier than you probably would have died. And so um, I cut out sugar in my life. I don't do sugar. I don't do – I really didn't do a lot of sugar anyway, but every now and then I'd get in the hankering for – you know, uh, a piece of chocolate or something, and um, and I just knew it wasn't good for me. And I and I I drank uh, bourbon at night sometimes with ice, and I just sit and kind of drink some bourbon at night when the night was ending, and sort of my way of ending the night. And, you know, I don't do that anymore. Um, I don't eat sweet things. I, I try to really watch what I put in my mouth now, and uh, I guess you know. It, it's like anybody. We, I, I get, well, I don't say anybody. I want to speak for everybody. I speak for myself. But um, anyway, I, I've digressed into a whole other trail here, and I apologize. In the news, um, I've, I've, I've watched the news lately, and like I said, both sides have sensationalized everything um, to where it's really about ratings. And I get it. It's about money. Money and ratings are pretty much tied together. They're a symbiotic relationship. And uh, I, I get where each side has become politicized. And ultimately, it's about dollars. It's about money. And there's a left and there's a right. And somewhere in the middle are most Americans, honestly. Uh, you know, the ones I come in contact with. They're middle-of-the-road people. They're They're just really hardworking, hardworking people who, who just, um, who want to have a good life, raise their kids, and maybe their kids and their grandkids will be better than each generation. You know, they may not, um, stand on the corner with a, with a, uh, protest sign, but deep in their hearts, they, they feel deeply about uh, certain issues, and, and they're going to vote their issue, you know. And so, as a result of all this, I think that it's dividing our country <coughs> on news stations and in media outlets. It, it looks like it's dividing our country, but when you get out into the highways and the byways and the and the and just the real people that are in in America, you know, the hardworking, uh, blue-collar, so to speak, people, you know, they're just trying to carve out a life for themselves and their family and their friends and, and have a good life without breaking the bank or going into extreme debt. These people are just normal folks who, honestly, <clears throat> regardless of their neighbor's affiliation, politically if they were to need their help they would jump in without without question this is the kind of neighborhood I live in 
And I have blacks and whites living in my neighborhood. It's not like I live in this homogenized white, you know, upper class neighborhood. I, I, I don't. You know, I live around different types of people. I have people in my circle who are, you know, uh, Puerto Ricans who are, you know, from the state of India or the country of India. I have um, friends who are from Ukraine and, and Russia and um, uh, Israel. Africa. Uh, I mean, I, I have friends who are, you know, almost around the world, and I have people in my community. You know, we don't have a, a, a huge slice of, of uh, demographics in our county, but we do have blacks and we do have whites. We have Puerto Ricans and we have some some Indians. Um, uh, so you know, we have a pretty good slice of America in our in in my backyard. So I feel like. I can honestly say that most people care deeply about their lives and their children's lives and their family and friends. And what they really want is just truly to be left alone, to live the life that they want to live. They want an economy that will work for them, uh, an economy that's not going to let them down or deplete their 401k. They really want to raise their kids and you know, live their lives as as best as they can and, and hopefully better than the generation before them. But there are some things that that are so extreme, in my opinion, even with my openness and my uh, a, a willingness to, to see beyond my old school stuff and to accept that there are new things in this world, even that, I can tell you that there are things that are just, they're very extreme. They're very extreme in, in their, in their manner. And it's, and it's bad for this country. It's, it's really bad for individuals in this country. And it's bad for our, <clears throat> our political leaders in this country, both sides, <clears throat> you know, um, I don't, personally like abortion. Um, I don't think that it's a constitutional right um, for women to have an abortion on demand. Um, What the Supreme Court did was they ruled that the states now have the ability to rule on their limitations of abortions in their states. They didn't remove the the, the abortion from America. And I know Abortions are the lowest they've they've been in in uh, gosh I don't know how many years since Roe v Wade in the beginning I think seventy two seventy three and I get it you know abortion I don't think there's any one person who has an abortion that it doesn't take a lot of thought and a lot of determination and a lot of uh, of forethought and to have. I don't think it's an easy decision that anyone comes by. Um, even the ones who, who who get up there and say, Oh, I'm glad I did it, I did it, I'm you know but when they're alone by themselves and they, they're with their thoughts only, I, I'm sure that it's a devastating thing for them. And if it's not, that's 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 fine. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to respond the way that I think you should respond that makes it right or wrong that you had an abortion or you didn't have an abortion. I personally don't care for abortion. I don't like it. But 
should it be legal? It should be legal because there are times when the mother's life is in danger. And there are times when, when women have an ectopic pregnancy. And so that is also considered an abortion when the, when the, when the fallopian tube is removed or they go in, they remove the baby. Um, I think it's a decision that, that people have to make uh, on their own and maybe with their clergy, uh, maybe with their family and friends. It's not a decision that should be taken lightly. Uh, it's a decision that you, you absolutely should think about before you do. And um, that's just where I stand on it. Um, should it be turned back over to the states? Absolutely. I am all about states' rights. I think states' rights have been trampled through the years by the federal government, um, by activists who are in our judicial system. And um, I think that, you know, states' rights are important. I think that, you know, county rights are important <laughs> and city rights are important. And I say that because I believe these people were elected by the people to represent them to pass laws uh, based on what they believe they elected those people to do. And if they don't like them or they try to pass laws or they do things they shouldn't do, then they can be voted out. And that's the great thing about the uh, the republic that we live in. So as far as that is concerned, that's where I stand on that. Uh, when it comes to gun rights, um, I do believe that is a constitutional right. It is completely different from the abortion right. It is constitutional, and we are given the right to bear arms. <clears throat> and there's a reason that we're given a right to bear arms, because we came from tyranny. We came from uh, King George, who, you know, basically uh, sent his army against us because we decided we wanted independence. <clears throat> I understand why he did it. He, he had to maintain control over this new colony. I get it. That's totally understandable. I am, I am completely uh, in agreement with what he did. I don't like what he did, and I'm glad that my... Uh, ancestors and forefathers fought back and gained our independence. Um, it was a tough battle. It was it was a tough war. It was you know, a lot of people died, and <clears throat> I don't take that democracy <clears throat> that we've gained through that uh, lightly. And so I am very patriotic. Um, I I cry at the national anthem. Um, I tear up at it um, because I think of the words that Francis Scott Key. Uh, wrote, and I think of that night when he saw the flag waving and he saw the bombs bursting in the air. Um, it's a it's a sacred moment. Uh, it's a sacred song that that reminds of reminds everyone of that sacred moment. <clears throat> um, I think that the courts should have a healthy balance. Um, I don't think that it should be politicized as it has been on both sides. Um, I don't think that, you know, our government should be politicized. I think that people should serve in the government based on, you know, what they say they're going to do. And if they don't do it, we vote them out. I do believe in term limits. Um, my boss has term limits, and uh, that's a state thing. And um, I wish that we had term limits in the federal government as well. Uh, people who have been there forever and ever and ever, um, you know, I think you lose your focus after a while. <clears throat> we give the President of the United States eight years to get in and get out. <clears throat> I think that that should apply to senators and to uh, Congress, Congress people. Um, as far as this, you know, two genders or more than a hundred and something genders, 
I, I think that's ridiculous. I think it's a way of, of just confusing uh, more people. You either have a penis or you have a vagina, and in some very rare cases, you may have a little of both. Um, and I realize that, and that's called homorphodism, I think. At any rate, it's where you have both of the sexes. And usually at birth, they will they will decide soon after birth which one is more dominant based on the genetic structure of the person. You cannot be a girl one day and a boy the next. You cannot be a girl just simply because you, you claim to be a girl or you say you're a girl or you feel like you're a girl inside. I don't believe that. I don't believe that that's possible. Same goes for being a boy. You can't be a boy simply because you believe inside you are a boy. Um, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you can do that. Now, do you believe that you're a boy or do you believe that you're a girl when you're really born the opposite? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't doubt that at all. I've met some women who I honestly could not tell if they were a girl or a boy. They had concealed any outward appearances that would give me the indication of who they are, uh, who they were assigned when they were born, male or female. Um, <clears throat> I've seen uh, women, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous uh, women, who were actually men. <laughs> so the appearance can be uh, fooling, and sometimes it can be pleasing, you know, um, but it's not normal. Um, and I think that these people are very sad. Um, I think they're a sad lot, and I think that no matter what they do, no matter how they try to mainstream what they do um, and who they are, it's that society as a whole will never accept them. And I'm sorry for them that they won't be accepted. I really am. Um, I think it's very sad to see someone who is so angry with themselves that they want to mutilate their body um, to make it to what they think they should be in their mind. I think it's very sad. I think it's it's very disappointing. Um, you know, I, I've, I, I've known a few trans people, and they're very angry. They're very sad. And, of course, I understand why they are. Um, <clears throat> but there are only two sexes. There's male and there's female. And just because you change your outward appearance, just because you change your your uh, your reproductive uh, organs does not mean that you're not who you were born with. And it doesn't mean that in your mind you're still not the sex that you were born with. And that, I think, is what tortures these people the most. It's kind of like people who are, um, who are gay, either male or female, you know, um, they're drawn to the same sex, and I get it. I, I totally get it, and love is love. I, I truly believe that. Love is love. I believe two men can love each other just like two women can love each other. I believe there's, uh, there's nothing that says they can't, but it's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not God's way, and his way is perfect, and I know that that doesn't fit into the narrative, and it makes me sound like a religious zealot. And if that makes me sound religious, then, you know, I guess that I am. But <clears throat> but I believe that there is a, a right way and a wrong way, okay? And 
a male that loves another male, it's not impossible. I believe they can love each other deeply just as much and probably as more, uh, you know, that some people love each other more than other people do. Um, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. I had a friend in high school. Um, he was my best friend, and I loved him. Um, I didn't want to have sex with him, but I loved him, you know. Um, I have a best friend now. I love him. I'd give him a kidney. I'd give him a lung. I mean, I'd give him the, the, the last drop of blood that I have in my body if I had to. I don't want to have sex with him, you know, um, but I love him. So if if I were... If I were attracted to the same sex, then then I would love someone and I would want to have sex with them. So really, all this boils down to is where you put your privates. Okay, that's really the truth. It's where you put your privates. That's all that determines. And I get why people are that way. I get why they're attracted to other people. Maybe something happened to them. Maybe, you know, maybe they, they were mistreated as children and they were treated badly in such a way that they hated themselves. A woman, I, I talked to a lesbian once, and she had been repeatedly um, molested and raped by her brothers and her father, and she hated being who she was, and they had destroyed her identity, and she became what she believed was who her true identity was, which was a lesbian. <clears throat> I talked to a little uh, a young man who said when he was a little boy he knew that he was gay, and then I asked him had he been molested, and of course, and um, I think that that really messes with children, especially at that age where they, where they're coming into themselves, and sex is not something they think about, but then they wake it up too early, and you know, sex, if you, if the wind blows, it feels good to your penis. Um, it's just, you know, if another man, you know, does something to you or allows you to do something to him, it's going to feel good because that's that is your that's your pleasure seeking and that's just something and your mind thinks, Well then this is just who I am because I enjoyed it. This is who I am and so they just accept who they are and so it's an identity crisis really more than anything else. Now heterosexuals have identity crisis also. Um anyone who, who wasn't really given an identity um can have an identity crisis. Um but as far as these things that are happening in the news, that's where I stand on that. Um, I sometimes wish we didn't have parties. I wish that it was more uh, like a judge race, you know. And um, I know people disagree with that. Um, but, you know, maybe if we didn't know the party of the person, we just heard them speak. We heard, you know, we watched them as they voted and the bills they introduced and things like that. We could sort of gather from our own you know, intelligence, you know, where they stand on the political uh, spectrum. <clears throat> it's the parties, I think, that we have that help divide us. And uh, as an old person, I think that I've earned the right to speak that, and I think I've earned the right to, to say what I want to say about that. Um, am I right? I, you know, no, probably. Am I wrong? No, probably. I mean, it's just an opinion. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in, in the, as a kid of the 70s, you know, as a child of the 70s and as a teenager of the 80s. <clears throat> and so um, we did things differently. You know, we, 
our world was different. Our our lives were different. We didn't have the conveniences that we have today. Uh, we have a lot of conveniences today that, that sort of help us or encourage us to um, to not interact with one another. And um, that, that can always keep us away from each other and keep us from spending time with each other. And so I grew up in a small town where everybody knew everybody. And so politics and football were two of the biggest things in our community. And, um, you know, we took those seriously. And politics, uh, football, and church, really, I guess, three things. But uh, today it's different. You know, people take politics very seriously because politics are what um, what shapes our communities. And it shapes our pocketbooks and it shapes our our lives in such a way that uh, we we don't really we don't really um, want to do without politics because it's 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 too much of who we are and what we are and so we find our identity in politics and so because of that we um, we sort of need to have a party to believe and a party to hang on to because it, it kind of identifies who we are for everyone else. And so we don't really think of religion so much anymore, but do but there are people who do um, have religion as a uh, as an identity, and I don't see many of that or much of that like I used to. Um, but as churches are dwindling. You know, more people are becoming more political than they are more religious. And in my lifetime, that was just that was just different. Um, you know, we we have a different life. We we had a different life. We grew up differently. We saw things differently. We interpreted things differently. And so <clears throat> now, as I'm getting older, people are doing things differently. Same thing as when I was a kid. You know, my grandparents grew up during the depression and you know world war two and um you know, they learned about world war one and so they did things differently and they acted differently and religion was very popular back then and um politics i don't know that politics was but religion definitely was <laughs> so every generation challenges the norms of the previous generation and just like this generation has you know chosen to to rage against the the machine so to speak and and uh you know be different because they they want to find their own identities um i may not like it but you know luckily for them you know I, they don't have to put up with me for another 20 maybe 25 years if i'm lucky <clears throat> and then by then i'm old and out of the workplace and you know, my opinion doesn't matter, and um, nobody really cares what, what old people say at that point. We just kind of wander around looking for a best lunch buffet and, you know, and eating at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and going to bed at 7. So nobody really cares, so we just they're just waiting for us to die, and that's that's just the way it is, and that's, that's how it is. But I wonder, if this generation is this way, what's it going to be like when they're my age and they're looking at their younger generation coming up you know what's it going to be like for them 
that's what I always wonder. How are they going to push the envelope then? What are they going to do? Are they going to pierce their eyeball or something? Are they going to you know, drive a stake through their head or something? I mean, it's just what are they going to do to be different? And I think, honestly, um, I mean, all truthfulness, I think what they're going to end up doing is reverting to being polite and kind and um, not wearing clothes that reveal all of their bodies and things like that, I think that they're going to to be more modest. And that's going to be how they rage against the machine. I don't know. That just seems like the, the natural flow of things if that's, if that's what they did. But anyway, that's my take on it. Um, hope you got something from it. Um, if you didn't, I'm sorry. There's plenty of other podcasts, but uh, for those of you who do tune in and listen. I appreciate your time. Uh, have a great weekend. Happy 4th of July early and um, hope to hear hear you back here soon.